commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. Trans Starlight Beacon! I'm Grax Kondak, and this is Core World Business. You all have the issue of the covered for the latest stories for around the galaxy. Now, for special Starlight Beacon Bulletin, where your host, Ben Red Adam, cover the book Out of the Shadows by Justina Island, and all the recent High Republic comics. And now, your host, Ben Red Adam, to discuss. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Uh, indeed, this one's going to be a wacky High Republic ride. We've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, so we've got novels and we've got a lot of comics um, that have now been coming out for only, gosh, it's only been yeah. eight months. I know, but um, we, we step like away for two four... weeks and we have, what, 10 things to talk about? Yeah, so indeed, we, you know, if we were just going to catch up today, We'd be talking about um, Justina Ireland's uh, Out of the Shadows, uh, Race to Crash Point Tower. Is that Daniel Jose Alder? Yep. Um, we would have two Marvel High, uh, you know, High Republic comics to cover, uh, and then and three real uh, Republic Adventures novels. Um, yeah, so we two are, short yeah. stories by Justina Ireland. Right, and the two short stories yeah. by Justina Ireland. So and and, and other official news of. Yeah, yeah. There's and Mando shooting in a in a week. Oh, I know. A lot of news dropped last week. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. So let's just cover this book, I think, and then a lot of comics that just we haven't been able yeah. to cover in the past because of other you know other news options. Yeah, let's try and cover it all in one pod. I think um because we've wanted to not only just cover this, we want to sort of reach our arms around everything we've seen so far in the High Republic, just as far as like where the story's going, where it started, where it is now, because this book, um, Out of the Shadows, like. Uh, Grant just said is sort of it's the most recent thing that's happened across all these media and it's mm -hmm. massive and it's really fun Grant did you enjoy this book at all or I heard oh, you kind of this book is outstanding and it's so additive and it brings so much to the table um, it adds these, these these new enterprises these families uh, that we're dealing with the hyperspace rush and we learn more about the hyperspace lanes and the history of the hyperspace lanes and 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 navigating those in the paths and, and and the mysteries of the past involving all that all that stuff which is fascinating so there's a lot covered there and then new characters are added in that book that are phenomenal that i hope we see continue far into the future in star wars especially because we we even get involved with some characters from the canon that you never thought we'd get involved with at the end of this book and it's uh, i will get there in the spoiler section at the end and it's i can't wait to get there because uh, it's so cool. It's it's just cool to see kind of pirate culture, frontier culture, um, and then as well I'll get it, as well as getting all this insight into the Jedi and and Finestra Row and Imri and Reed, yeah. all that all that stuff is fantastic. Yeah, a lot of Jedi dogma stuff that I really like. Like, what is yeah. their ethos here? What does it mean to be a Jedi? And all these Jedi are so wild, man. They have like real human feelings in the but. You know, it just oh, they're all so messed up. <laughs> you know, there's none of that like Qui-Gon Jinn stoicism like at all. There's none of that. Like even you and McGregor looks like a rock um, next to stoicism because they're one of their flagships is called the Ataraxia. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree, though. It's 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 fascinating to see. It's also fascinating to see there's different classifications of Jedi. Like some Jedi have visions versus others are like empaths and have empathic abilities. It, it's so yeah. cool to see the different types of Jedi that are evolving at the uh, 
galaxy. So we, we've mentioned like Jedi Dogma and, and Obi-Wan Kenobi and other things. I, I got to self-promote for a second. All right. <laughs> and I got an answer to a question that I posed uh, more than five years ago. Um, I was way back when, and I, I this isn't, anyway, I, I feel gross. Uh, I was on uh, Star Wars Minute. Uh, I covered a minute. I won a, I was not for anything other than I won a raffle and got on, on an episode for that. So I don't want to be like, nice. I was, they, they invited me on cause I'm so smart and great. I, don't I sell yourself something. short, Adam. I mean, come on. It was minute 95 of, of, uh, attack of the clones when they were covering it. Please don't listen to it. It's embarrassing how bad I was, but in that moment, and I swear this is all going to come there. Um, it's the scene where Anakin, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are in, um, um, are in, oh, I'm sorry, Phantom Menace, not Attack of the Clones. Right. Uh, they're in the, they're in the Jedi Temple, uh, amongst the, um, everyone. In the council. And, right? In the council, thank you. And Qui-Gon mentions the living force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I ever heard that phrase, right, in any of Star Wars. And so in that minute, we kind of talked about the living force and what that would mean. And I don't remember what I said. But we get an answer to what the living force is in this book because they distinguish between the living force and the cosmic force. Yeah, absolutely. Which to me yeah. is amazing. Early, early in the book, I think yeah. chapter four or five, yeah. Master Rowe talks about the living force being something that connects all things, and it's it's messy work. It's it's yeah. the tough part of navigating our emotions and everyday life and our our um, uh, attachments, right, and things like that. That's just that's that's just we see all the Jedi struggling with throughout this book and, and other Jedi kind of like manipulating other Jedi around them, which was fascinating to see that sort of the force at work between them. That was, that was really cool to see in this book, especially how intimate it was. Um, and then as far as the, um, the cosmic force, she talks about that being like space, like yeah. as broad as the galaxy, like, like, you know, beyond our comprehension, the sublime yeah. unknown, like it's fascinating. It's, yeah, it's like macro and micro. If um, yeah. I, a couple of you read the Jedi Path, right? Oh yeah, it's like not canon book, but um, they talk about that in detail in the Jedi Path. The difference between the living force and the cosmic force. Yeah, and I honestly think there's a third one too, but I can't recall it right now. Um, but uh, that's so they're canonizing some of that material, which is pretty cool. I mean, I think they want to eventually canonize all that. It's got all the Jedi forms in it, and it's you know, nature of the force stuff. It. it it doesn't show us a lot more than what we've seen already, but a little bit. Um, so it was really, I mean, I just like my heart sings every time I read one of these books because these authors are so fantastic. They're obviously hardcore fans. And then they're taking this like minutia and running hard with it. Like that whole, like you're saying with like the four skills, like the empath ability that Emery has is like, he can't yeah. be in a group. That guy. And then, you know, and then Vernestra just like happens to be like she was already a like star and, you know, do all these things, special lightsaber. And now suddenly she can like force travel through hyperspace like she's totally attached to cosmic support force. Like, I I love that that's like a new direction for her. Yeah. She's a Skywalker from the uh, Thrawn books, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and in that in that early part of the book where she's describing the living and cosmic force, she talks about the cosmic force and hearing uh, these waves sort of echoing from the edge of the galaxy and, and wanting to to go there. And, it, and that was such that was a setup, basically, for all the visions. Yeah. And what we learned that she's kind of a navigator and understand gets visions in deep space. And things like that. 
I know I want to see some stuff go wrong with like cosmic force ability. Like I want to know like astral projection. Actually, that might yeah. be what what Luke used. Might have used the cosmic force to like astral project yeah. different um, areas. Totally. But like I want to yeah. see people get lost in the force or like some crazy like cosmic abilities. Being able to like talk to like purgles. Yeah. Actually, yeah, maybe I, that's I, how I, you find I, the guy. Again, in the Jedi path, I think there is even the projection ability that I think Ryan Johnson saw. It was in that book. It's 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 in the one of the legends. Yeah, it is. Jedi yeah, projection. Um, and I think you're right. I think it probably is a cosmic force ability because I think those chapters or those sections of the book are divided to things like living in cosmic force abilities. It's really nerdy. Like if you want to get into the force powers, like some of these old legends <laughs> yeah. are great. Yeah, if if anyone's listening to us and doesn't classify themselves as a nerd, I mean, I got I seek got help. Seek help. Welcome. Yeah. I don't know why you're listening to us, but yeah, well, yeah. welcome, yeah. and we love oh, your patronage. We're a very nice space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. This is the. But we got some my, news for you. You're a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, um, I do want to about this like characters? cosmic force. But I know we're gonna. You're like Ben's. Like, oh, I almost got us moved on. No, 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 I, no, no, no. I, I want to go with what you're talking like, about. It's, it's just great. something about cosmic force and pergles just made me think of like, we're gonna get some like Lovecraftian, like horrors, right? Because I feel like if there are like light side things drifting around in the cosmic force, aren't there gonna be some dark side things if we want balance? Like, aren't we well, gonna just? We know the Summa Verminoth is right? like a, is like a pretty gnarly thing to run into in space. Yeah. 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 Uh, we know exogorths are kind of chaotic neutral. Right. Yeah, I just feel like we're going to yeah. get some madness, some space madness going on. I wouldn't going be surprised if Jedi. The, Ac the Acolyte is the, the narrative that kind of gets to reveal most yeah. of that stuff. You know, because like it's going to deal with you know, ancient Sith practices and things like that. Totally. I imagine. I don't know. Who knows what that shows. Speaking of ancient Sith, uh, the two comics that predate this just actually yeah run parallel to the last book um of the the high republic series in marvel um i forget the episode numbers now i should probably just dig them up but uh we should give them their due yeah seven and eight seven and eight and are they yeah. i'm sorry the yeah. author on that is yeah. kevin scott, scott. Yep. yeah kevin scott so um yeah um they talked a lot about uh the drengier and other things going on on that side, and I forgot how this connected to what Grant was saying. We'll give them their due. We'll give them their due. Uh, High Republic Eight, Kevin Scott. Um, uh, when it uh, quick summary, when when it seems all is lost for the Jedi and the Huts fighting the Drengar on Malatu, Keeve, Fennis, and Orla Jereni arrive to galvanize the Jedi for a swift swift victory against the colossal progenitor. In the aftermath of the battle, communication with Starlight Beacon is restored, and the Jedi receive devastating news that the Nile have attacked the Republic Fair on battle, leaving the fairgrounds in ruins. That is High Republic 8. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, in this book and in the previous books, we're kind of left with the question, where is Avar Chris? I mean, we kind of know where yeah. she is, but like, she was such a big part of the first book of the series that we're kind of left without her a lot in this. And we find that she is concurrently running this mission along with the Huts <laughs> to uh, weed out pun intended oh, if oh if i see what you did there Adam. yeah yeah well we got a lot of puns i mean the pun i mean literally uh, issue eight is called the root of terror so i mean <laughs> they're all about the puns um but she's 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 there trying to root out the the drengier oh god they just keep coming yeah yeah 
Um, it, yes. It's a great comic. Orla yeah. Durrani is a standout character. So glad she could join the mix in this in these latest, latest issues of the, uh, the High Republic main run. Yeah, yeah. Was, I think maybe that was it. Like we get in. So we we haven't done seven or eight in seven. It's like all inside um, Keith Trennis's mind. This, mm-hmm. you know, young Jedi Knight trying to like deal with. I don't know. It's just like self-doubt for a whole episode because she like touched the Drenjir, just sort of like poisoned her mind with darkness. Um, but I, this is what I wanted to connect to Grant's point is that there's a lot of talk of ancient Sith in here, too. Yeah. In, in Keep Trennis's like mind quest. She sees vision of ancient Sith and like they sort of like fight her. And she, but at the same time, reveal how to control the Drenjir. Um, it's like it was an awesome like force vision that she just had. It came out of doubt, but um, she pulled herself out of it. And uh, but it was great. We see some random Sith like, yeah, I don't know, just some random person that like no attachment to anything. Um, that she sees in this vision that she's fighting. And we get to see all of those sweet Sith uh, relics that they use, the like stones to hold the Drenjir the last time on a Maxine station. Yeah, which makes me feel like she was actually seeing Sith of old, right? Because yes. there's connection to things that we know are real and exist. And so, yeah, it was really cool seeing that because I think, you know, I, I get angry and yell at covers of comics that lie to us all the time because the cover of issue yeah. seven is we see her holding back a red lightsaber and we technically do do get that in a vision yep. right but it counts yeah. but it's, it's it was nice to see some sith because i think my guess is that's all we're going to see of sith in these in these comics well for the time being there seems like there's a sith war drop like every like yes. 45 pages in the book and in and in like every five pages in a comic you know like yeah. it's uh, there's so many sith war things there which it i thought you'd be true. excited about grant like all the oh, sith I'm war very stuff. excited for that yeah, it seems like the Drenger and the Sith go way back, so I'm excited to see maybe those initial conflicts if whoever wanted to like, go back there in the storytelling. But it's it's cool to see these Sith kind of in the visions and Keeves' vision, um, and then also you know learning the secrets of Drenger and 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 how to 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 destroy them. And cool to see Keeve and uh, Orla Drenny save the day. That was really yeah. Cool to see those two characters come in and just kind of uh, lead. That was fun. Yeah, I've yeah. I've said for a while, uh, Orla Jereni and uh, Vern Rowe, Vernester Rowe, are my two favorite uh, Jedi right now. Um, for See, a long time. I, I have some, I have some fun um, kind of thought activities later. Okay, we can, we can dive into. I celebrate really the whole pantheon of the High Republic. I do enjoy all the Jedi. They're also like unique. Uh, but yeah. I got I got a healthy dose of two of my favorite characters. Uh, They're such great characters. There was a line, I think it was in, um, see if I can find it real quick, was in the second, um, oh, in the second short story by Justina Ireland, The Hidden Danger Part 2. This just made me so happy. I'm just going to read a real quick line. Uh, Velko, who is the, who I think is the um, kind of person who runs Starlight Beacon, the the non-Jedi, Velko turned to half a dozen Jedi standing behind her. There are few she recognized, but no surprise there. The Jedi were always coming and going and trying to keep track of all of them on Starlight at any given time. It was like trying to count stars while in hyperspace. I love the fact that we live in an era where there's just so many Jedi just wandering yeah. around. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Justina yeah. Ireland in Out of the Shadows even says Starlight Beacon is more of a thriving city than an outpost. And that was yeah. that was huge for me because I needed that distillation visually to understand what this place was. And it's really a city in a lot of ways. It's huge. Yeah. The scope of this bait, this beacon is amazing. It's, it's, it's vast. It keeps getting, getting bigger, bigger with like every story I read. It's like, because I was like, all right, so it's got a landing pad and a spire and a med bay. And then they're like, and a city and massive yeah. barracks. And it can yeah, have a uh, like, oh, you need 4,000 more refugees. We can fit that. No problem. I was like, oh, all right. So this is big. So um, it's just, and then uh, do you guys want to jump into the other comic or do you guys want to jump back into this book? Because there's a lot to cover in the book that I'm like eager, eager to talk about this character. Dealer's I, choice, we even see. We see the dining hall in uh, on Starlight Beacon in uh, Out of the Shadows, and he kind of yeah, this, this right. sparkly white. Uh, and it's almost this breakfast, it's this breakfast club scene with like Imri and um, Vanessa <laughs> and uh, Keith, uh, uh, Reese. Uh, it's it's a fun yeah. scene. It's a really fun scene, but it did remind me of like a John Hughes moment that script in that. Yeah, we get some great characters in this book, man. And I love, like, yeah, dude, Reed Silas is great, too. He's, like, a nerd, but, like, oops, he's, like, pretty good sword. Yeah. Also. He's, like, pretty good at everything, but rather spend his days in the library. Like, yeah. And just, try to try to spend as the least amount of effort possible. Like, give him things done. He seems drawn to and very good. Everybody. Has a crush on every oh, yeah. character he comes across. I mean, these books are sweaty. Yeah. Like, Nan. like even Nan is like his Nan. He's like he still <laughs> hasn't gotten over Nan. Nan. You can tell <laughs> this actually should be a more salacious <laughs> podcast because like this. Yeah, I don't know if this we can keep it naughty. Naughty. Steam, these novels are getting steamy, guys. Uh, I mean, should we just should we go through the steam real quick? Because there's like uh, a, there's a lot of steam. There's like I mean, can we talk? A Jordana Sparkburn might be like the <laughs> like steamiest character ever. Like I don't know. Like it's pretty much my favorite character out of the book in the book but you guys tell me who who you love in this book. yeah it's like a combination of like clint eastwood and lisa bonet yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's weirdly accurate that's amazing yeah that's dead on um, yeah she's kind of no there's a lot of steam between uh, her and uh our new one of our new favorite characters which is uh sylvestri uh yellow yarrow yellow uh, um, fantastic character, um, yeah. Syl. She just she goes by Syl throughout the book, yeah. mainly. Um, and her and Jordana have this really steamy romance. That you just you love, and you're just, and like at one point in the book, um, Sylvester's like, I wish we could just be in a cafe with. I wish I could just be in a cafe with Jordana, like cuddled up in the corner while like Volko like protects us and like like attacks anyone who comes near. Oh, and Volko is standout character by the way. A cat oh, yeah. basically like a killer cat in this book. Uh that I I think everyone loves by the end of the book. But yeah, they can like shoot throughout. laser beams out of its horns. <laughs> it's like right. the coolest creature. Like yeah. that's your pet? Like that's the greatest yeah. pet of all time. I mean other than you Audrey of course. Um, um yeah that romance uh Imri like is Can crushing on Avar Chris? Oh, yeah. And also, uh, yeah, yeah. Avar's yeah. crushing on like everyone that. who walks by. Like, <laughs> the poor guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he did say he was, like, not into anything because he's like, I can't even control my own emotions. Like, I can't, yeah. like, <laughs> what it would be like to have an... In fact, he was a little abhorred, or not abhorred, but he was, like, 
mystified by the feelings that Syl and um, Sparkburn had for each other. Yeah, kept uh, in that moment, he was like, "Whoa, like that's what love is! Yeah. Like, holy cow, yeah. they hate each other and love each other at the same time." And like, um, yeah, that was. So I can't. I, I don't think he's he's in it that much, but definitely wreath looking at Vern some kind of way. I mean, Vern, yeah. yeah, talked about the feelings to having that crush and knowing it wasn't okay. I mean, like clearly we're gonna have some. I mean, we already got it in the main adult novels, but like. It is all over these. It's even in the comics. Like just to go back to issue eight of uh, <laughs> of the High Republic. I was yep. just looking for it because I wanted. To... That was the one I was going to talk about. Yeah, you were going to talk. You want to talk about it? <laughs> you for, no, you brought it up. Skier, oh, yeah. Skier, and Orla. Oh yeah, Orla Drenny. Drenny clearly Skier. have a past. <laughs> he says salacious past. Yeah, like so. Skier just says we've, the word we've of the met night is before a long time ago. To which she replies, "That's one way of putting it. You, you're looking handsome as ever, uh, Guan Kulna, which is clearly some he's alien not in front of the others. Yeah, yeah. Please not in front of the huts. He says, <laughs> "Yeah, not in front of the huts. Yes, not in front of the huts. Yeah." That's a great line when you think about it. Like, oh, yeah. you really would not line. want to get your pet name out in front of the huts. No. That, that would not be a thing. So I was reminded of a George quote. <laughs> I don't remember from where, but it actually might have been from Star Wars Minute, um, where basically he says, I, 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 something along the lines of, like, I never said that Jedi don't have relations with other people. They just can't have attachments. Right. right. And I feel like this has now been remembered. And the High Republic just is running with this. Like, like it's yeah. Clear. Yeah. And like, why wouldn't you? Right. Like it's so the rule is no attachments, but you can, you know, hook up like yeah. how, that's the most fun storytelling well, I mean, ever. And it's just like it, one night stands all across the whole thing. But I feel like Eldar have, represents, right? Eldar yeah. represents the most mature version of that, uh, that allowance, right? Like they are allowed to just you know, have relationships, no attachments, like don't. They don't stick around anymore. It's a little Christian, though, because you're supposed to feel bad about it. <laughs> right. It, but yeah. See, that's the thing, right, is we're also getting, like, the difficulty of that. Like, it, like that is a myth. Not myth. That 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 is that thing that we all tell each, uh, ourselves in our, like, 20s. <laughs> right. right. And in reality, like, you watch it in these comics and these books where, like, they clearly are attached to one another, no matter how hard they're trying not to be. I don't know. You know, Orla and uh, Skier are keeping it pretty pro, keeping it pretty professional. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Though he they, did she's a traveler, right? She's like, the, oh, she's a wayfinder. So, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that's the key, right? Is you need it depends on who it is. But it seems like when you have Jedi Knights, they're so chaste that like. Yeah, it's really hard. This is them. I like that they're kind of defeating that. Yeah. Um, that that stereotype now that's what i hope right is we have the diversity in the storytelling that it works for some and not for others yeah now that i think about it i mean obi-wan had uh satine obviously anakin and padme yep i don't know i mean obviously qui-gon jinn and shmi skywalker right um you know that's that's given yeah a lot of the yoda no not so much with yoda not yoda and yaddle <laughs> where did yaddle come from Oh my gosh! So we got a Yaddle moment. In yeah, this that was. I wrote all these like alerts, and one I was Where like, "Yaddle alert!" Came from. Yeah, um, just like in the hallway, uh, yeah. Bernestra ran into Yaddle. I know. I was shocked by that. I was yeah. like, I thought they weren't going to touch Yaddle with a ten foot pole. 
the, yeah, I wonder it was they were like, well, we don't know about what we're going to do with Yaddle. And like um, Justina was like, Yaddle stays in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, I'm off on Yarl, Yarl Poof watch. Yarl oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. And we get it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Keep reading. Keep reading High Republic. He's always there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the book is incredible. Do you get uh, also Temple Peak? And across all the books, I just love how we're getting all these new women who are kind of breaking yeah. the system and and breaking out as independent yeah. characters. And uh, and that goes for Ty York, who I absolutely adore. Um, new character. And that was, uh, I don't know if you guys read it, but that was um, the uh, the Monster of Temple Peak. It's, yeah. Uh, Star Wars Adventures. Good, yeah. Uh, also, by, also by Kevin Scott. And it's, 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 it, what's cool about it is it ties into The Rising Storm. And um, so quickly to get to, to get through this comic, because we want to dive into the book, which is, again, the most recent in the timeline, a uh, recent story in the timeline. Uh, the monster of Temple Peak, uh, after Tyoric, the once Padawan turned Cellsword, defeats a Gundark on Blarum, which we hear about in The Rising Storm. Uh, she heads to Loras to confront a monster known as the Gretelax that has made its home in Mount Finji, all, all the while being bombarded with visions from her past involving her old master, Shababa, and sparring partner, Clias Teradine. Uh, showing the confrontation ahead, uh, there may be a connected, uh, the confrontation ahead may be connected to a memory with Clias. Yep. Um, so, uh, pretty fun first chapter in this um series which is yeah. really cool because we actually get we get uh, her, uh to see her master we get to see tyork's master and the padawan that uh, we know she has this troubled past with that we learned about in rising storm um and there's also a relationship there and an attachment there and again right. attachment yeah it's coming back every single time in all these stories that no matter what you do, uh, it seems like life is meant to form attachments. And the force is something along the way that moves those trajectories. You know, but attachment's always going to be a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's really interesting about this comic, or not the only thing, but it's a, so it's a four-part miniseries. Um, it looks like they were originally going to develop as just a standalone graphic novel, but then they decided to break it into four standalone, not standalone, but four issues. Okay. But apparently in the development phase there's something in her past that's connected to the events hinted at in Dooku Jedi lost. So what? <laughs> yeah, we don't know what that is yet. I mean, maybe we'll see, but there's some connection between apparently between Dooku Jedi lost and this, and this comic. It must be one of those artifacts he was studying. I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 Cause he and his, uh, ma- uh, well, who's his master? No, he was the master in that one. Right. Well, what do we Yoda know was his master, be, right? What do we know just happened at the end of Rising Storm? Uh, monster is released upon the galaxy. Yeah. Right. Okay. What is Ty Yorick? She's a sellsword and monster hunter. Like, yep. if someone's going to bring down this monster, I got to think it's going to be Yorick. And that's going to make waves in the galaxy. Is that the event that's. Oh, you know. About in, what, what happened in uh, Jedi Lost? No, uh, that's the Duduku. Oh, the Dooku book. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so no, uh, in Jedi Lost, there was the other thing, too. Remember, um, Count Dooku releases that monster of Serrano, like his home planet that's like deep in the like dark side, like black, like, I don't know, like dragon looking thing off the wall. The Tirataka? Yes. Could that be what it is? <laughs> how did you pull I, that up so fast? Yeah, how did I'm happen? just that good, guys. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Yeah, so I oh. oh, I think we just totally figured this whole thing out. 
So that's what <laughs> that's what was released at the end of. Uh, I think that's what we're going to find out was released at the end of um, the Rising Storm. Was it Tirataka? Yeah, is an ancient species of reptile dragon that lived on the planet Serrano. In ancient history, users of the dark side of the force captured and corrupted it to use in battle. Hmm. I mean, it didn't yeah. turn, you know, it didn't run through, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dooku. But I think it's Dooku tapped into the dark side and, like, was able to yeah. thwart it. Or he's able to control it, maybe because of his bloodline. I think because, like, the Serranos are, like... yeah. He's um, part of it, yeah. Or the Dooku's like actually had some time, but yeah. Anywho, that could that's a top candidate, anyways, for what could be released in the last. That's very cool, but nonetheless, in this Temple Peak comic, it's cool that um, at one point uh, Master Shababa goes up to Clias uh, and um, Ty, um, which I think you learned her name is like Tylera, or yeah, Tylera. Get her full her full name in this comic, which is pretty cool. But um, he's like he tells like he tells like the Padawan, Clias, like like he's meant for this, but then he's like to tie. He's like you're meant to like go find your own path and like be your own thing. Yeah, and basically like condones this whole like whatever wh how we see her now. This kind of this path of just being her own wayfinder. She basically is a wayfinder because they even talk about wayfinders in Light of the Jedi and yeah. other books where but these Jedi who basically go off on their own. You're right, but like wayfinder feels sanctioned by the Jedi. And right. Yorick just absconded when she was a Padawan. So she yeah. never, I don't think she ever elevated to knight. Maybe if you're a knight, you can be I a think, wayfinder. Do you think she would have become a wayfinder if she were to continue her Jedi path? Because that's kind of what my feeling was at the end of this. Probably. Time. Like, that's probably the most common direction if you're, you know, if you're not going to turn into a cell sword or a cell saber, you're going to end up a wayfinder. Sir Hunter or a wayfinder. Yeah, because that's kind of what she does. She leaves everything to chance with those, like, chance, like, dominoes. And then, and Sons she goes whichever way the wind blows. Right. You know, can I call? Um, I'm Jesus I'm calling, I'm calling bunk on that. So a Jedi, she, she moves them. She 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 shifts. I, I think her subconscious them. Jedi abilities to actually choosing what to do and what not to do because the 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 three times we've seen her throw those things, it always happens to be for things that help light side things, like it helps people, right? So I have a feeling like what we're gonna find out is that subconsciously she's actually choosing what she knows is good wouldn't that also be the force though adam that's what i mean like it is like but it's it is but it's through her right like right. it's not yeah yeah um okay that's interesting um there was something else about ty york well i mean she's she's monster hunter um we saw her you know i don't know i i like like her skills, I think it's um, she's obviously puts them to practice more than everyone else because she's like a lot better with a lightsaber than clearly even like Elzar Man and Stellan Geos. I think she yeah. takes care of them by herself at the same time. So because she actually uses it in combat when the Jedi haven't for generations other yeah. than sparring. Right. Exactly. Um, Should we dive into this book? I actually, so I have one more comic thing there that I go. wanted to put because it's it's massive, it's it's huge. So at the end of episode eight of the High Republic comic, um, back with Ivar Chris and Skier and, um, you know, and uh, Keith Drennis and all that, they they defeat the Drenjir. If I'm reading this comic the same way you guys are, yeah, yeah, for now, yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. they're about the, to bring the progenitor to Starlight Beacon and hold it captive. Oh, that's, that's 
go. I've um, never seen yes, that storyline line before. Yeah, King Kong. It happily ever after. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess so. No, so but you're they, they won. That was like when I saw it. I was like, I can't believe they just ended that storyline already with a Drengier. But they're like, oh, it's like we're going to go all Jurassic Park on this and just take it over there. The other thing we're learning from this and um, was a big part of the race to race to crash point tower by Daniel Jose Alder is that the Nile are working with the Drengier. Yeah. And not, so, yeah. So in race, well, to crash seeding, point, they're seeding worlds. They're seeding it, but they're also having like actual negotiations with the Drengier. There's a whole point in the race to crash point tower where the Drengier, they, they end up like the, the Nile end up seeding um valo to corrupt their communications device and the characters in race crash point tower which happens at the same time as the stuff from um sorry my cat's knocking the, the hell out of my microphone right now um it, it actually like yeah. has a discussion so the jedi actually talked to the nile because the whole thing was what the nile told or sorry talking to the drengier because the nile told the drengier you do all this we will take over the, you can take over the planet. We won't kill any of the humans. You can have all the meat. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's a Jedi fair deal. You're a Drenger. With, with Nile say, or with the Drenger saying, no, look, the Nile are killing. They're destroying your meat. And so that's why they end up leaving is because oh, they're, right. because they find out that the Nile have been lying and not allowing them to have all the meat they want. <laughs> it's, I mean, they, yeah, they broke the contract. Yeah pretty pretty simple and laid out i don't you know the dringier are there's, a, there's a lot of people dealing with the nile that we're learning yeah. about now which is pretty cool it's yeah. pretty cool to see yeah. the the plans of the nile expanding the and tendrils of the nile go yeah. very deeper than mm. we thought or the jedi thought for sure yeah, yeah. you could say they, they a lot of things come out of the shadows characters um okay so why don't we get back as we've been trying to do over and over again to uh, out of the shadows um, we've established. So there's really two points of view. I, there's only two points of view in this story. I believe that there's Syl three. and three Syl definitely is one. Um, and Vernestra Rowe is another on the other storyline. And uh, Oh, and, and Nan. 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 Yeah. Nan. Right. Nan as well about so Nan. on the dark side. So um, don't forget about Nan. No. Reef, uh, that's cool. Reef doesn't doesn't forget about Nan. Yeah, no. Reef's oh. third crush. <laughs> third crush for poor Reef. Um, yeah, uh, Nan <laughs> is an interesting character. I'm I'm curious to see what they do with this arc. They're like they need the like other side POV. Um, her character was introduced in uh, Rising Storm. Uh, no, no, the uh, no into dark gray book. Yeah, into, into the, the dark. Into the I have to say, I appreciate the naming scheme. However, my brain does not allow me to tell them apart. It it all makes sense. I get why they're doing it. They should keep doing what they're doing. But man, I can't keep them all apart. There's been so many so fast. And each storyline is just like morphed into the next one. So it's uh, it's like to keep going. But I appreciate you making that excuse for me uh, there. You're welcome. But. Uh, anyways, Nan is an interesting character. She's young, another, you know, young teenager. These are all sort of hitting on is that. Is she age. young? <laughs> is she? Yeah, I think she, she can. I think she appears young. Present as like young. Hundreds of year, hundreds, hundred years old or something. And she's no, like, no, no. Wait, what? That was not written. <laughs> I, let's go back and look at because I swear there was a point where she's like looks young, but she's been around for a while. Well, that wrong. might be, but I think that was sort of a 
Like, was that everyone in this book is like 17, 18. Yes, yeah. you're right. You're correct. Like, Venestra Rowe is like 18 or no, 17. Uh, Syl- Silvestri Yellow is 18, she says. And then, yeah, man, man, I, I gotta think, appears Spark young, but is older. Sparkburn's 20. It's all young characters. There's even, again, we talked about the John Hughes kind of dining hall moment. There's like, there's a, it's very young characters finding their way in yeah. the galaxy. It's coming of age. Yeah. I think all we know is that Nan looks young, but I think we're kind of to assume they, she is because they're sort of carving out this like one age demographic there for all the characters. We'll, 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 we'll circle back later in another episode and be like, Nan was young. Yeah. Anyways, she goes through an interesting arc. I yeah. thought she was just sort of, you know, bad person, Nile for life. She was like a, Mario Marcian Rowe bootlicker. Um and then she runs into Sylvester's mom, uh Chansey. Yep. And um yep. she Oof, Chansey. You know, Chansey is a really cool character because she's like not affiliated pretty much. She's just like a super scientist and is just using the Nihil to like build whatever she wants, kind of still undetermined. We think it's a gravity well, like super weapon terrorist. Affair gravity well projector projector yeah, yeah. Like, but um you don't know if it's a big reveal like, though it's a big reveal yeah. in the book like if yeah. that character is alive or not it's kind of like Galen or so esque yeah 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 it is yeah so I guess I introduced that character backwards and she's more important than Nan but still um she sees something in Nan that like she's like you should be a spy and then like treats Nan like dirt and then ultimately takes her on and now. Nan is her commodity that she's selling. After skipping to the end, leaving her daughter for dead, like her actual daughter for dead, pretty much. Yeah, she's she's a class act. Yeah, she just goes to show you never know someone. Yeah, yeah. It 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 was also really cool to learn about Chancy Yarrow's past uh, at the 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 academy on Kadira. Learning from Thaddeus Wolk, the Thaddeus Gungan, the Gungan right. expert on Gungan like alert. hyperspace, yeah, hyperspace uh, science and, and um, propulsion. It, it was really cool to see uh, to see that whole backstory kind of explained um, and learning about all the hyper, speaking, the hyper, the hyper rush. Um, all that speaking stuff. of Doctor Wolk, the Gungan, I read, I read Professor this. Professor Wolk. <laughs> Professor well, Wolk. Probably also a doctor. Uh, probably has his PhD. Uh, I read both this and Crash Point Tower at the same time. I was fl- switching back and forth, and he makes a quick appearance in that. But that takes place concurrent to the last book. So I met him, and then he was immediately killed. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm like, oh, well, there goes that character. Guess I should have read these in a different order. Oh, no. Yeah. Poor Professor oh, right. Woke. Yeah. The the reveal of Professor Woke had yeah. me in stitches. I was just like, and they she played it like so well. It was just you there know, was a little the Gungan thing. She was like, like a Gungan is the expert on all things yeah. hyperspace. Like what? He's like, I understand <laughs> the irony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I get Great it. Can we scene. move on. Yeah, a little meta in it, but it was like it was really funny. Uh, the way but ended. such a cool scene of exposition where he talks about the gravity well projector and this weapon that like they think uh, Sylvester's mother, Sill's mother, is, is has been building for the Nile. And it's like so cool because you're like, whoa, he seems to be catching on to something. And then 
obviously Zylon graph, which oh yes. <laughs> can, we on on graphs? Graphs. can we talk about the graphs? Can we talk about the graphs for a second, guys? I mean, like this is non-chronological. We should probably go back and cover some Venestra and like Imri, Imri like no, uh, like Reese, Reese Cormac development. But let's like we, the graph family is a huge addition, I think, to the lore of this yeah. era of the High Republic. Yeah, uh, yeah. they're the McCoys they're, to the Santecas, like right, Hatfields yeah, exactly. and McCoys. Yes, but it's it's, it's like Santecas in the, the High Republic era, and it's yeah. also it's also like they're, they're the cartographers, they're the graph family, they're the cartographers of the galaxy. These <laughs> they literally found a things. lot of the hyperlanes and navigated a lot of the hyperlanes and established a lot of the the routes during the hyper rush, and are, are also funded Starlight Beacon. We learned in this book. Yes. Like, yeah, like we paid for big, that by big by. family. Yeah. 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 It's cool. It's interesting that they've introduced the super rich. And yeah. like early on in this, I made a note on Zylon Graph where I'm like, is he Bruce Wayne? Like, we didn't, you didn't really know if this guy was good or evil and all that. But like, he was definitely playing like Bruce Wayne where he like, like changed out of his weird opulent uniform to just wear <laughs> so like good. army digs and would like talk normal for a change. And she was like, whoa. You know, with so, so good. He's like, we can't do this mission in like a simple pleasure craft. Like, we need something better. Like, yeah. and like, Syl yeah. wants to punch with experimental him the weapons. Syl yeah. is like, how dare this guy keep bringing out all his fancy toys? Like, I just want to punch this guy square in the face. And I was like, it was so fun. That I think that dichotomy was so fun. The uh, Silvestri, Yalo, and uh, Zylon graph yeah. kind of dynamic. That was great. Yeah, really fantastic. Totally. And, yeah. and then you, you meet the matriarch of his family eventually. <laughs> I mean, they have like spoilers. they they live on a space station, like a monstrous space station. Yeah. And uh, like the family compound, it has a hyperdrive. They can go anywhere they want. Like this, like it, it's like this oligarch. Like they, they're essentially galactic yeah. oligarchs, right? Graphs and yeah. the Santecas. Robber barons, you know, laying the railroad for the galaxy. Like it, it yeah. feels. Yeah, it 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 feels like that's what's the analog there and it's it's so breathtaking to watch honestly it's like it's it's so cool to see this development in the galaxy i gotta think this is leading to the hyperspace war because they talked about the hyper rush when they named hyper rush which was yeah. this sort of like space race for plotting all the, the hyper lanes yeah. with this kind of figuring out the sky sky lanes like nasa and air traffic control and all that stuff like the race to figure out the sky the race to figure out space that stuff was all really cool and compelling, but I they didn't they didn't say hyperspace wars. Nope. And in the legends and in in the EU, um, there's obviously two well known events, which were the the first hyperspace war and the second hyperspace war. These are big events, even in the comics, the Dark Horse comics, as we collected those. Uh, Qui Gon Jinn and partakes in the hyperspace war, second one, I think. Wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, these things I think are coming. I think they're going to be set up in the canon, and I think they're going to be better. And I think they're a great setting for another narrative, another huge macro interconnected narrative. If they just yeah. want to dive into the hyperspace wars, it's got a great ring to it. Hyperspace war. Oh yeah, it's like, a great. That's a, awesome. Yeah, I think Even that's a, yeah. I think it's a great call, Grant, because I feel like they're spending so much time talking about what hyperspace is in a way that they haven't in the past in the new canon. Like, I just have a line here, which I'm just like, yes, I just want more of this, where it said, some will tell you hyperspace lanes are navigable wormholes, and others will claim they are roots carved out by some ancient race that no longer exists. Like, I love that they keep, like, there's like 10 different explanations for what hyperspace is in this one book, and I love it. Right. 
And yeah. then when Professor Thaddeus Folk kind of gave his spiel about like the sciences and his his yeah. kind of his his specialty and things like that and, and his his actual department, like did you did you catch did you read all that with a smile yeah. on your face? Or you're just oh, like, yeah. what? This guy yeah. is going all he's basically saying things that I and it was Justina Ireland, like credit to her for like finding some scientific jargon that made perfect sense, but also was like indecipherable for me. For even yeah. me, it's, it's most readers, I imagine. Like, it was nonsense, yeah, but it was amazing. Yeah, I it think was so good. I had to find the quote because I did. I did quote it. Oh, I read it, and I'm like, <laughs> I thought I was like, that's an Adam quote. <laughs> it's because I remember reading it, and and for whatever I I do I do love physics, and I do yeah. I do I do read a lot about physics, and I'm like, yeah. this is half real science and half just yeah. made up Star Wars stuff. Where I'm like, yeah. it's almost like string theory, and then they add yeah. something weird on top of it. And I'm like, that's not a thing, but I love it. I love that they're doing that. It's so good. <laughs> So good. I think that's one of the most fun, I think, portions of the book. Like, I yeah. love that section, especially. And again, that's the reveal. I think that's the introduction, right, Ben? As you were talking about, uh, his introduction is huge. Obviously, he gets a t- attacked later, but it's like, it's it's huge. His introduction is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I found a, a quote about the hyperspace, but it was from the Jedi perspective. I think it was yeah. Vern. And it said, um, you know, they told Jedi scholars that... Uh, Hyperspace is a part of the cosmic force, the lanes, rivers of energy that spring from some unknown font. Uh, others saw hyperspace as another dimension, a shadow of the world occupied by the living yes. force. And, yeah. said, and again, that going was to Thaddeus Wolk's explanation of his hyperspace science that he's kind of on the, the cutting edge of, he brings up the force. It's part of understanding yeah. the lanes and the traversal around the galaxy. So the force is part of this. And again, it's all tying into the Zon, the, the Thrawn books. Sorry, <laughs> the Thrawn books with the. Those are both the same. The, thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The Zon uh, is Thrawn. The, Thrawn is on. The Skywalker is these sort of just ch- ch- navigators like it's it all ties. Everything's tying in so nicely. There's such a nice bow on everything. I now would love to dive into a hyperspace war where Especially, certain like, lanes and certain sectors are you know fought over if you remember from the thrawn books um new canon the skywalkers like lose their abilities when it's usually seem like they're females but they're they're definitely children they lose their abilities it seems like when they go through puberty or puberty or so but like vernesta roe if you if you listen to her story she had this ability when she was a youngling yeah and then it disappeared and she was able to reconnect with it so i think we're seeing a lot of that too like this idea that like it's I just love it's so interesting how different species connect or different like cultures connect with the force. Do you think it was uh, Mari uh, Santeca that made her reconnect or do you think, you know, it's because Vernestra doesn't nurture that force ability? I think that was part of it is that's overwhelming. It was overwhelming to her. So I think she kind of shut herself off. And I think Hmm. just being in that atmosphere and being doing a lot of that hyperspace travel and doing a lot of these being on the traveling these lanes and everything that's been going on probably reconnected her. Do you think it's a genetic difference between the Chiss and everyone else? I don't. I think it's cultural. I think it's, I think it is like, I think I, my reading of it, and this is from a sociological standpoint where I believe so many things are constructs and it's how cultures look at them as I feel like they tell themselves the story. And so when you are taught that you lose this ability at a certain point, you are naturally deconnecting yourself yeah. from the force without realizing it. Like culture tells you, you lose this ability, you lose this ability. All right. 
They're well, they're pulling a Luke Skywalker without knowing it. They're doing it on a subconscious level. Oh, I love that. That's very interesting. Um, that stuff was very cool. Uh, I gotta think the Mari Santeca Vanestra stuff will continue well, into the next books and and things like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, do we want to skip to the ending real quick for a second about that? Since we're talking about like hyperspace and like yes, let's go into it. I mean, it's getting there's. There's a lot of endings to this book because there's these different characters. But the Vernestra Rowe stuff is super interesting because she has this connection to Mara Santeca, who is literally communing with her through the force and leaves her a path. And she doesn't tell any. She does not tell one last path for you. I think that we don't know where it goes. Yeah. Oh, so cool. That is so cool. I got it. Shout out to the entire Luminous. Team. Yeah, it, it was such a like yeah. oh, I so can't wait such a the fun next. moment. It felt like a film, like it felt like a movie yeah. at that point. It felt like I have one path for you. Like I saw Vanestra's visions throughout this book, like they were yeah. very well described, and like the the visuals were there. Uh, it was great. Do you so you think Vanestra has the same ability uh, Mario Santeca has, or is she just yeah. been legislated? Yeah. I think so, and I think they're they have the same abilities that the Skywalkers have in mm-hmm. in the. In the Thrawn books, yeah, yeah, and you got to get them in deep space to have them start experiencing that side of the Force, the yeah, the yeah, navigation and really also the, fate, the fate, you know, destinies type stuff. Yeah, and explore the like cosmic side of the Force. Any guesses about where that path leads? Markion, Mar- Marcion, Row, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe uh, it could lead to nowhere, or is it nowhere? Yeah. Or no, no, no space. Yes, no space. That's no right. Space. It could lead to the halls of no space and Marcion. Leave, it, Marcion. It, maybe it leads to Octu. Maybe. Right? Like we don't know how connected they are to the first Jedi Temple, or but I feel like she'd have a sp- more specific agenda. It's not just like, oh, here's a general, here's a museum you'd like yeah. to check out. Does it like, lead to the font? You know what would be fascinating is to mm-hmm. see someone go to Exegol before the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, you know, things yeah. like that era, you know, like to see someone go to that planet before we yeah. see it in the It'd sequel be. trilogy. Like not affiliated with uh, Emperor Palpatine? Yeah. Yeah. And that giant red kyber that we see in the comics that Greg Pak kind of introduced. There's <laughs> like a lot of stuff that. going on in Exegol that's just crazy. Um, or you know, even yeah, Octu. I love Octu. That's a great. That's fantastic because the tree can have so much backstory. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that area on Octu can have so much going on. Right, but if they found it, like yeah, she'd have to leave it as she found it though, so Luke could find it later. Um, so, right, and I think he collects the texts. I don't think they're just like all sitting there. I don't think it's like a reading. You know, it's no, like, I, don't, I, I I agree. I think they they weren't there. I think yeah. some are there would be my guess, but I, I think would, he brings more. Yeah. My hope would be it would be a new spot that would sort yeah. of us uh, create but a new. I think the salty air would destroy those books like instantly. Oh well, yeah, I let's, feel like Luke let's not bring logic in the Star Wars. Um, <laughs> no, but I, yeah, okay. the science and science fiction. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, but I. I think, you know, we talked about earlier, Ben, you mentioned kind of the the Jedi's view of hyperspace, right? That it all comes like all these hyperspace lanes come from this fount, right? This origin point. So right. maybe this is to whatever that origin point is in space. Yeah. Energy that sprang from some unknown font. I feel when I read that, I sort of feel like Big Bang energy. Like it was just like, yeah, 
when they're saying on the spawn, it just came out of the universe when it was born, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, galaxy totally. was born. But um, but it could be an actual location. That would be good. I mean, that's, I think, closer to what I would think. But it would be something that's going to teach her about this ability. But yeah. maybe it's warning her of some evil or, I don't know, or maybe it's a historical lesson about the Santecas, like something that this, her family needs, something to help them because yeah. she was away from them for so long and wanted to, you know, use her powers to help her family. Uh, those are my guesses. I like that. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot revealed at the end of this, too. I feel I feel like it was knocking down a few pins at the end of this book. Um, you know, where you get the reveal, you know, you get... Um, you get the matriarch of the Graf family, kind of like yeah. Oh, she's a slippery oh. one. <laughs> yeah, she's a big bad for sure. <laughs> big bad, um, and they're clearly working with the Nile, but but specifically Lorna D. And Lorna D. I think, in, and this is another tie into Rising Storm. She seems like she has something in, up her sleeve in Rising Storm. Like she seems like she has other plans. Yeah. And in that in that very sentence, that's actually alluding to this book, Out of the Shadows, and her other mm-hmm. plan is with the Graf family. And betraying Mark Mark Young Rowe. And it, it, it's so cool that all of that unfolds at the end of this book and you get a clearer image of that. I thought that was that was super additive and just so much fun oh, in terms dude, of really, what's going on, what's happening. Really good point, man. Like I in and they do it, it's very Game of Thrones style. You don't see Lorna D once in this book. But yeah, right. like, yeah. you now see all of her plans from like the foot soldiers point of view. Mm-hmm. And we know she's getting her own audiobook. Um, yeah, uh, coming out the end of this month, the Tempest Runner, written by Kevin Scott. Okay, so he likes to write those go. audiobooks because <laughs> he wrote the Jedi, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost audiobook. So, okay, yeah, oh, that sounds amazing. I can't wait. Do we know the voice cast of that yet? Um, I think they did mention it, but don't worry about it. I'm sure they'll, uh, Jessica Almsey, Dan Bitter. No names I know except for Mark Thompson, of course, is there. Mark Thompson. You know what? If there's the no big name, that tells me it's going to be deep lore and it's yeah. going to be fun. I mean, so, yeah. except for Mark Thompson, who used to do all the old Star Wars. Oh, he's the best. Audio Yeah, he does. He yeah. still does a lot of the books, and they're yeah. Fantastic. He does uh, the voice of Marcion Rowe in that. In that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. Skier apparently makes an appearance, and he does the voice of Skier. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. yeah. Awesome crossover there. Hey, Marcian Rowe, I saw a uh, quote about him. He, they don't know, no. I always thought he was a human, but they don't know what species he, he yeah, is at all. Yeah, I caught that too, yeah. I remember where it yeah, was at, no one but I remember seeing that. No one Rowe's people were. Every time someone asked him his species, they ended up dead. Yeah. So there's something going on there, yeah. right? Like, it's not like, it's not just like he's an unknown species, like he's very protective of, and we know that he goes back to his species in the last book, yeah. right? Like to get the um, to find that weapon, the dragon or whatever we're calling it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting that is name. that the um, is that the Jedi and the High Republic still do not know that he exists because by the end of all of this, they think Lorna Dune. D. Lorna Dean. Dean. <laughs> Lorna Dean. Dune soon. Don't worry. There will be, be Dune. Yeah, Dune's coming. Uh, they think Lorna D is the eye. Yes. Yeah, there's yeah. been that misinformation, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. I've always, it kind of grinds my gears when it like misinformation is the, 
um, like main like yeah. plot hinge, which it's not here, but that's I just wanted to get that out. It's also too close to real life right now. But um, <laughs> yes, but there's a yeah, they're they're sending misinformation to uh, the Jedi or if, if managed to do that. Or maybe it is just hearsay and like people like know that Lorna D is actually trying to take over Martian Rowe. And so it's to them, it's a done deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't see much Martian in this one. No, no, no. 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 Um, Do you want to hear something kind of random that I picked up from this book? And we can go on more normal things. Sure. There, there's a moment with rebreathers. Did you catch that where they have rebreathers now? All yeah. the Jedi the, the, carry. Yeah, purple gas, gas moments. Yeah. But there's a moment where they say now all Jedi's carry rebreathers because of this. And so yeah. I'm like, oh, well, there's a connection to uh to uh <laughs> to the Phantom Menace. Because remember what they have rebreathers when they dive yeah. down to Gungan City. I'm like, oh, that's because literally Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan have it because ever since yeah. this moment, they've always now carried rebreathers. Standard yeah. issue. Need like yeah. yeah. Macro interconnected storytelling strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new fad i hear yes oh man um yeah this book is incredible a Sylvester's crew m227 anito the soliston yeah uh, like i loved her crew um thought they were great in the book um uh we get a lot with wreath and comac which i didn't think we'd get which we it's a lot like we get a lot with yeah. comac in this book um, i like comac a lot yeah, yeah, Cormac's cool. Agreed. He seems to be on the right path. Like, every, like every, his deductions are pretty accurate. And then yet, like Vanessa will be like, "Let me go to Stellan to see what he thinks about this puzzle box." But Cormac was said like the exact same thing. Cormac yeah. was like, "I think that's an old prospector symbol on that puzzle box." And she's like, "Oh, okay, all right. I'm just gonna get a second opinion from like my old master because you know he's my mentor." Yeah, but Cormac was on point. Just... Yeah, yeah, Cormac knows his stuff. And he's also, if we remember from uh, Into the Darkness, he uh, he was questioning the whole Jedi Order by the end of that. He's like the whole, you know. Yeah. And Vanessa does throughout this book, too, where she's like, yeah. I think going on the offense might help save lives. You know, like, it's yes. so cool. She was like, I don't think being on the defense is. And it's cool because that goes into like moral philosophy and like negative responsibility and like if you don't do something when it's you know yeah it, yeah when the right it's like it's so fascinating like they're really uncovering a lot of fun philosophical angles uh, for these Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Good. Sorry, I'm just gonna say I, I'm interested in seeing how that shapes the Jedi sort of dogma. I hope I'm using that word right. I'm not trying yeah. to sound smart. I'm just trying to re- use the right. No, word. you're you're good. You're using it right. Yeah. Um, it, like is in the original trilogy and sort of I'm just really interested whenever I'm like reading these things, I'm, I'm wondering how it sort of affect like cause and effect. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what that does for means for later on. We're getting so I'm I'm on slippery slope watch in these higher public books with the Jedi. Yeah. About and yeah. justifying means and other things. And we get a good example of that. Um with Vernestra and Jordana um, Sparkburn and the Merrymaker. Yeah. Um, that, that Who's really, the Merrymaker? That's the really vicious weapon she uses that oh. like oh, just bisects and dissects. It's like uh, Phantasm, but it's yeah, a, it's it a totally is. It totally uh, is. Diving ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
or uh or or yondu's uh arrow from uh guardians of the galaxy like except bloodier and there's a moment where basically Fernestra makes the decision to kind of let it happen like not to do it but (laughs) yeah kind of stand back and it's it's dark it's really dark and there's a moment when they come back to yeah like it happens but then the moment that's really gut-wrenching is when they come back and they see like yeah. everyone like, sees we won, what they've yay. done, and then and they just, just see this body like... parts everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's... Dead Nile, Dead Nile, definitely take up a lot like, of the imagery. Like, in this bisected, book. dissected Nile. It's doesn't yeah. like doesn't Reef like throw up in his robes or something? Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. He he just straight up vomits. Yeah. Great character. Yeah. Reef. And there's a moment where Vanestra yeah. just has to sit there and, and see what she allowed to happen. Yeah, Vanestra at one point's like, all this senseless killing is like not good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't I don't think it can be good in any way. It's only gonna like become trauma and like manifest darkness. And it's like, but it also seems like Sparkburn has been dealing with Nile attacks on Yes. It's Tike? Uh, Tike? Tike? Tike, yeah. Tike. Yeah, Tike. Like uh, you know, numerous Nile attacks there. So I think she's been fighting the threat for a long time and she kind of yeah. does what need, needs to be done. Like she's just, yeah. and she's a ruthless killer. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. ask questions. She shoots first and then asks yep. questions. Yep. Exactly. But there's, and, there's I mean, rip- that's what Vern's trying to, you know, talk about. And I got to say, like, they're really slow paling this philosophical argument between like whether it's better to be offensive or defensive and because by nature they're defensive but so many times we've seen um jedi spare a nile life and then have him take out a thousand yeah (laughs) well we've also seen them in a couple of examples now just step aside and let other people do the dirty work which as they should you know Uh, listen they're not monks it's just like they're for their own personal lives they won't be, you know, aggressive, but I don't see them like, you know, for the most part, they, I think they let people fight their battles. They're not supposed to be warriors. They're just going to be like watchers. Yeah, I I know. And I have a problem with that, that maybe that's why they allow they the creation to and use to of a, find a better way than having someone literally bisecting and dissecting yeah. people like there is a better way. So they should and they don't the policemen is what you're saying. I, I don't know who the policeman is like. They're just this person well, that they're working with and, and literally just steps aside and like going like, oh, well, I didn't I didn't do this. So my hands are clean when I'm like, no, you you are a, you are a you are a super powered monk. But <laughs> like you, you literally have the force to do something better. And you just stand aside and say, hands are clean. I didn't actually do anything. That's that's that, my thought is that. We're, they're dirtying themselves. They're graying the hell out of themselves in these books. Oh, don't you dare use that. Yeah. Listen, gray Jedi is the lower back tattoo of Star Wars. <laughs> I, I know. They're playing around with that. I don't think we're going to get it in that way. I don't think we're going to get it in a justifiable, like, I use both powers. But more that... Dude, Elzar Man is a gray Jedi. I, no, I just needed to get that out. I just yeah. have a thing against people. It's, like I know, it's awesome. But no, they're, they are... <laughs> You put a little darkness in white, you can never get yeah. it out. I, I think so, Adam. My defense for the Jedi here is that, like, listen, they're working shoulder to shoulder with military complex. They're working shoulder to shoulder with bandits and you know, marshals and, like, you know, war, uh, feudal lords. And it's just like they've got to do the best they can. But it's like, are they supposed to just like they can't they can't run the whole vision of the galaxy like they can't 
their thing is not control. It's like response. So right. It's like they, they can't be responsible to steer whatever, you know, affiliation they're yeah. working with. And it's like if you don't think they, they should be killing people and being a war machine, well, then they shouldn't be part. You know, they shouldn't do what the chancellor says. And right. seeing, this is one of the first times, the first books where like the Jedi and the chancellor are actually interfacing. And it's right. like, should that happen? So, how, right. There's one big I, mechanism we're forgetting to talk about, which is that the Senate have voted basically like 50 percent of the senate want the jedi to go obliterate the nile and then 50 percent the other half the, the so, other half think it's a frontier problem they are kind of working for the, the outer room need to take care of it. I, yeah and we see how that goes right when that, when that happens in the clone wars so here's my question for you is why is Vernestra Rowe stepping aside and letting this person bisect and dissect humans any different than her using force lightning to disintegrate the hell out of all of them. To me, there's no difference because she knew exactly what was going to happen between when, when she stepped aside and this person was using a, because a Spark is, bisecting is, weapon. Did she yeah. know, yeah. though? Like, like, did she, she know the carnage? She had used it. She oh, you're right. You're right. She did. She 100% she did. knew. So in my argument... She saw it work and no, then she was like, you got it. She's like, I'm going to have to take care of some people. And yeah, she swallowed her sword. Yeah. There's no difference if she Adam, forced Adam, lightning and blasted you love cats, right? You love cats, right? Yeah, you know their skeletal structure is built to like puncture necks and like kill basically. Like they're the skeleton of a cat is designed to, to kill, murder, like the jugular yeah. to murder things basically. Yeah, that's what how I view Sparkburn and Volca. I view them as natural killers, and it's almost like intended by the force. I'm going to push back on that with out. a direct quote. Um, <laughs> Oh, where, where, oh, I had it. That's more than it. I have, so you win. so cool. Um, <laughs> not necessarily. I got to hear this direct quote first. No, 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 no. I mean, too cool, all right? I wasn't really against her. I was like, it's okay. They're not. How could you be <laughs> I was like, Sparkburn's so cool. She's a I was flawless like, character. She's one of my favorite characters. Shows up, like, in leather, what? like Catwoman, like, at the end of the book. Like, let's it's, get rid yeah, of Yeah, for no reason. It's like, change your outfit. She's in a cat seat now. Deal with it. Here's the quote. Once more, Vanestra found herself pondering how fighting the Nile and the rel relentless bloodshed they left in their wake was changing the galaxy. What kind of person had Jordana been before her life had become a struggle for survival? The girl she uh, she was with Sylvester Yarrow was nothing like the emotionless killer that stood before Vernestra. Right. So when I read that, I mean, do you hear her doing any self-contemplation? No, she's no. like, gosh, that Jordana girl's really messed up. <laughs> right. But she knows there's light in her and she does nothing to pull out the light. She just allows the darkness to consume her. I'm on your but side. No Jedi like came Jedi to the Baron. No one no Jedi's yeah. came to the Baron sector yes. to help on Takai, Takai or I, whatever. I, like no one's yeah. helping her. Like she's just a product of her environment and people need to lay off. Like she right. has to survive. The Nile are issue is with Vernestra. He's like yeah. he's like Vernestra should have done something. And she didn't. I mean, it's a really good point. Yeah, like, well, she like, and she kept so igniting sad. her saber, or like pulling out her saber and being like, I'm going to stop this violence. And like nothing happened. You're like, why? Like, if you're going to pull out your saber, like at least stop the violence, like do something. Where, I get it. I guess. If they didn't do that, they might have died, though. Like yeah. both of them could be dead. At the end of the I know. Absolutely. But I don't know. Try to do better. So there are <laughs> there are we're two thirds of the way oh, through the first third this is how small, this is how far we are in this whole grand High Republic era. We're two-thirds of the way through the first third of this story. 
right? Because we still have one more series before we go into the second third of this. We have a lot ahead of us. I don't think the Nile are going to be with us for all three parts of this story. I think we're getting fallen Jedi coming to us very, very quickly. And I think what we're going to get is the fallen that we see at the beginning of the, of, uh, that we see in was the Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones, but we see that the, what was it, the 10 fallen Jedi? And I think some I think of them, it was like seven, it was seven. Like seven in like yeah. thousands and thousands of years. But I think a the, lot the of that thing is though, Adam, I'm pretty yeah. sure, and I can't pull it, but I think Loden in one, a great storm in one of the earlier things talked about the seven. Like they've already, <laughs> but that's far, that's a long time ago. That's different timeline, isn't it? So it's all based on oh. it's based on past old canon and loose yeah. canon. And I'm just saying that they might there might already be a few fallen. Oh, um, I agree. I think I don't think all of them are coming from this era, but I think we're going to get a. Didn't core. we unanimously decide that Stellan is going to fall, or he's doing some shady business or yeah. something? There's a lot going on here. I think we're either going to get people who are leaving the order or falling. I don't think it's going to be Stellan. It's going to be like um, Comac, or it's going to be uh, Orla Jurani. Um, or it's going to be Drenny. Um, the Chief Trennis. Isn't Chief Trennis? Wasn't there imagery in the it, comics where Im- she, Imri Chief already, like going dark? Yeah, Imri fell and came back, so maybe he's safe. Oh, Imri he's, is a huge plant, guys. He's yeah. dark. He's an evil character. I'm yeah. convinced. I mean, Skier is <laughs> like right talk about being abs- Talk about being down with the Volko, like Spark Burns, like <laughs> cat, killer cat. Like Emery just wants to pet this cat all the way to the end of this book, like just trying to pet the cat. Dude, let's and talk about it's Emery. A, it's a pretty dark cat. Like his cat kills people on the reg. I know, and he loves it. It's an <laughs> yeah. character trait. He's just like obsessed with it. Like they're like, it's going to take your arm off. And he's like, yeah, yeah but it's so cute. You know, like yeah. the old time, it's, it's kind of fantastic. And then at the end, he gets to pet the cat, which I <laughs> yep, it was awesome. Yeah, um, good internet meta sort of event happening there. <laughs> but dude, yeah, Imri is just like a. I imagine like he's. I wish I had that actor's name. I can't get it in my head right now. But he's just like a big musclehead doofus that just is sort of like. He's like a golden retriever Jedi, like ultimately, and with like infinite empathy, which is sort of a funny thing to put on a meathead sort of. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool because we get this like <laughs> I guess he's listening to like motivation tapes or like self-help tapes throughout the um, book here and it's like Samara the Blues philosophy from Genesha or whatever that planet is reading that the Celestine from. Prophecy <laughs> and it's basically like people who have mood swings and like helping him navigate his mood swings like throughout the, the book or whatever yeah. and it's just I gotta think it's not gonna end well for either Imri or Elzar are these characters that are like kind of investing in their emotions. And it, like, I got to think that's where the, 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 the they're going to like, you know, they're, are they going to spout a hole and the, the, the boat's going to sink? Like, I feel like that's, I feel like that's my, that might be where the Jedi are going to, that's their weak point is these Jedi who kind of focus on emotions. And then yeah. one of them being taken advantage of, it's going to be bad and it's going to end. Yeah, very badly for a lot of people. All right. I, I have a fun way to look at this real quick. If the Acolyte had a character from the High Republic, the Acolyte show that's going to be upcoming, uh, Leslie Headland, who, if, if it was one of the female characters that we know already, I don't know why. I, I think I think that she said it was female. That's why I, I think I think so. Yeah. All right. So let's say it's a female character. Which one do you think would be the Acolyte right now? 
Uh, well, it, it does that timeline match up? Because I feel like, isn't it? Or so I'm just saying if, if it does, it might not. It might be too far in the future. But How about a mention of a character from the High Republic in the show or, or imagery, some, something on cave walls or something? Later? Okay. I, was I just think any, like, any kind of connective tissue, if there's one character that there's connective tissue in the Acolyte, who would it be? That's a good that I, I'll pick a Jedi for that. Okay. I was going to do uh, something. Adam, like, you go first. You're on the spot. You had well, time to I, think. Well, so I was going to say, I mean, it's interesting. I know we're just talking about Vernestra Rowe, who I love. I, you could do that. And so I know we're dealing with this could be a couple of hundred years later, and she is humanoid for all we know, but the dark side is, you know, a pathway to many talents. Some say a natural, right? Some so, say, so, yeah. so, so just because she's a human does not mean that she could not have an unnaturally long life by the time we, right. we see right. her again. Totally. Yeah. I guess I was trying to think like, if actually the, you know, acolyte happened like in the next book, then like, who would it be? Yeah. Uh, but you're, it's, it's too far in the future. Yeah. But I, I actually, Vern would be my, uh, my guess too. I just think yeah. she'd be the most compelling character to watch go through that just like question it and like do it on like well i feel like i need to do this so see i'd love to see an item from one of, from one of these books make it into that show like vanestra rose like saber whip would be incredible to see live action someone you know stumbling upon it that'd be great the uh, comics recently had a couple of close-ups on uh keith Krennis's double-bladed lightsaber big fan big yeah fan of that <laughs> Nice. Yeah, um, loving all the different lightsaber designs and stuff that we're seeing. It's yeah, awesome. Um, we have hollow drama Jedi in um, oh. right oh, in the oh, High Republic Adventures. Yeah, yeah. Was it, his name was like Tor Albert or something, something like that. Wait, guys. Also, Crix doesn't Crix isn't is he featured in this book at one point? Because like. I remember Nan talking yeah. to Crix. Yeah, Crix is there. Crix is in. This is, is fantastic is to see a comics, a transmedia approach with yeah. a character that is is jumping from one from comics to then the novels. That's so cool. Nan hates hates Crix. Like there's like rivalry. No, yeah, them right. In, in this. So it's really cool <laughs> seeing like a, that, that. He's like a pale buck skinned, like like yeah, yeah, yeah. A buck, uh, buck tooth kind of like weirdo. Yeah, she definitely doesn't like him. Pretty, pretty fantastic. There's the Volca right now. Yeah. I don't Fierce see any Volca. electricity between her horns, so that's a good sign. <laughs> um, anything else Wait, you want? To she just went invisible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, no, they can go invisible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just but apparently thought, was like Lena the... So's cats were the coolest. Like, holy I know. Cow. But I like uh, everyone was the that moves so okay. fast it seems like it's invisible, and I'm like, that's yeah. really but is fast. she is she not an environmentalist? Is she trying to? That, what was crazy about that is she trying to be vague? So is she trying to like give misinformation to keep the cats safe, like and not, and so people won't hunt them for their invisibility, or is it mm. true that they they don't have that invisibility? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or you never, I never knew. It's kind of like open ended. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hopefully we get way more with Silvestri and um, Jordana and the new their new ship, the Vengeful Goddess. Oh, yeah. Who kind of shows that like um, what's his name is an all horrible. Oh, yeah. 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 He kept his word. 
He was yeah. kind of horrible, though. He was. <laughs> but then, big reveal, I think we we highlighted this earlier in the episode, but oh, um, yeah. there's kind of these huge reveals that kind of connect to the sequel trilogy. You don't think they would yeah. make the original trilogy, sequel trilogy, things like that, but here we get a, a connection to Takadana and Yep. Maz and yeah. pirate culture. And it's they're, like, they're going to hang out Maz. And of course, the, of course that castle is hundreds of years old. Of course, like, of course, yeah. Maz is rad. It makes perfect sense. And, and so, and now that's like, that's now a blurred line where it's like Sylvester's mother, Chansey was helping the Nile. She's always loved frontier culture and fending off against pirates, but also being on her own, but also just being in the milieu of pirates and that whole kind of frontiersmanship. Yeah. And, uh, and now we know she's going to go like maybe meet, meet up with Maz and those pirates who I imagine are different pirates than the Nile. And it's like, could we be coming oh. to this giant pirate war for the pirates? Yes. Could, could other pirates be getting involved who are just like going to help the Republic root out the Nile because pirates probably have more skills. And, and again, it's the people on the outside, it's the disadvantage disenfranchised people of the galaxy but learning about them from a different angle and maybe this is more positive maybe these people have been forgotten by the republic but they they're still going to rise up and do the right thing we've which seen is honorable pirates yeah in honorable star wars pirates. yeah but it's it's which is a bit of an oxymoron but great you just made me feel real dumb because <laughs> of course i'm like i i just read that i'm like oh that's cool they're trying to tie a mask and i'm like oh no they're she's actually probably going to be a significant part of the story <laughs> going forward exactly yeah. as you mentioned it's like pirate wars we're gonna get pirate wars, pirate wars. Yeah. So pirate cool. wars dude how uh, that would be a good taika watiti standalone oh so go. good he wars. would do the best star wars pirates of the caribbean mashup ever he would be the yeah. best for that yeah. Um, yeah. Ma, I'm wondering if Maz will actually be a good natured person here or if she because I feel like she has a dark past. Yeah. Like, you know, a dark pirate past. And then maybe she became more good natured in her uh, autumn. Uh, yeah, really. I think she, I think she's uh, labeled as a pirate queen in one of the books or uh, the ancillary right. materials. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Maybe we'll see her get that title. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this, but yeah, we'll interesting to see what side she's fighting on. This world they're creating is is huge. I mean, I, I just still can't go to the fact that we're just entering the third the third part of the first phase right. of this story. And so we still have like the books, right? We have the the adult novels, the young adult novels, and the junior novels. We also now have an audio drama coming. We have all the short stories that are in are are in Star Wars Insider. We have the two comic runs. As well as other comic miniseries coming now, like we have like three comic miniseries coming. There's a manga coming. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy how much like Open clearly wide for some Star Wars. It makes me excited because this means this is a success, and I know they've already talked about this being some of the best selling stuff in yeah. Marvel right now uh, in the comics. But I mean, the fact that they keep adding more stuff is great because that means people are connecting with this and so this is going to be its own giant thing and i i'm very i don't know why i have no skin in this game but i'm very happy from remember like way back when we covered this like writers mm-hmm. retreat and they were all trying to create this giant thing and i'm like part of me was just like oh man this is just gonna bomb like who's you know what i mean i'm so nervous and now it seems like it's it's a success yeah it's great i wouldn't be surprised if we see it as a setting for maybe Ubisoft's video game that they're developing. Like I, it's such yeah, a yeah. fantastic era and, and you get to do so much with characters. If you set your story in this era, Oh man! Uh, imagine if you the could Ubisoft like, game would be fantastic. Oh. 
yeah. I mean, I just give me like, I mean, uh, not to, you know, beat a broken drum, but like, give me the the old uh, Knights of the Old Republic, um, or 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 like, or or the Star Wars Galaxies video game, the the multiplayer online where like, you can just have all of these Jedi's running around and it doesn't break continuity. Right. Yeah. That'd be cool. That would be fun. All right. Well, um, why don't we put a bow on this one? It, we tried to sort of digest a giant bite of uh, the high Republic all in one go, but um, a lot happened. It just feels good to purely immerse ourselves in the higher Republic for one episode. Yeah. Um, so hope you're reading um, what you can and enjoying it and, and keeping then, up. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and looking forward to next week. We have some War of the Bounty Hunters to get caught up yeah. on. Yeah. And if you, if you don't think about. I've already read that stuff, and <laughs> I've just, I can't tell you how much I adore those those recent issues, uh, Star oh. Wars main run, War of the Bounty Hunter number three. teasing us Ooh. with it all night. I know. Like, He's like, I'm not going to ruin anything. I've ever read. What if I told you guys, <laughs> beat his ass, Chewbacca, is something that Lando says. All right. With that, well, you could say it. With that, said in the... <laughs> that um, is in the comic. Beat his oh, ass. You know, too that's far amazing. <laughs> All right. Lando uh, Calrissian says that line. It's... We also have that Star Wars gallery coming out that's covering the last uh, episode of The Mandalorian. So they're going to cover the oh yes. the, the Luke uh, How soon cameo. is that happening? Is that happening next week? I think it's yeah. next Wednesday. So we'll, oh, we'll yeah, see it before we, before we tape. So that'll be fun. Can't wait. I've actually been rewatching the first one like more than I'm really comfortable to admit. I just kind of throw it on the background. <laughs> what the 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 uh, galleries? The, the first gallery oh, uh, from season two, oh, yeah. like an hour and a nice. half long. Like I yeah, leave it nice. for my dog when I you know go on an errand or something, so she has something to listen to. That's so like, good, <laughs> so good. It's so good. You want your dog to be informed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's yeah, she's up on it. I mean, she attends for every podcast so we've got to keep up anywho uh thanks everyone for listening to us this week we greatly appreciate it um we'll be back next week with more core world news uh you know good night and good luck this is grex kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at core world news on twitter and instagram thank you and good night remember the force will be with you always